What's up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We are back with another edition of the Pursuing Results podcast, where we interview successful people about one book that changed their life. As usual, we have an amazing guest here with us today. Uh, he's actually a fellow podcast host, as well as a sales trainer and speaker, and we'll get to that in a second. But first, let me welcome in my uh, my partner in crime, my compatriot in all things podcasting, Greg McDaniel. Greg, what's up today? Matt, what is up, man? Oh, my God. I mean, I honestly swear to God, I think we have the world's best job. And I know that Phil feels the same way because he does podcasting along with us. But I mean, in what other area of line of work can you have the opportunity to go out and touch and talk to thousands and thousands of people that was going to benefit their lives for, for a plus, not a minus? And not to mention the fact that I get to hang out with Phil today. He and I and Matt, we're all talking off of air here and jabbering back and forth about Bob Berg, who is the author of the book we're going to discuss. And the guy's just epic, epic shit. And it's going to, you know, the way it's going to open up and expand your mind, just like it did for me when I, when I was reading about the book. But Phil, I mean, Phil is like the epitome of a fan. So when this man talks about it, you're going to be able to see true passion come through. And it was, it's awesome to see that. So yeah, that's right. life is good. So let's, uh, let's do that. Let's welcome in our special guest, Phil and M. I know I'm going to butcher the last name. Hopefully it won't be too bad. Gerbishak. Gerbyshek, it is. That's All correct. Right. Awesome. <laughs> Phil, how are you today? <laughs> I'm terrific. Never been better now that I'm with you guys. What's going on? We're doing excellent. I'm very, very well. So you have the signature glasses on. So as usual, you are ready to rock. And uh, so give people the 60-second uh, the bio on who you are, where you are, and what you do. Sure. So who I am? Yeah, I live in Tampa, Florida after spending oh, 40, almost 40 years in Wisconsin. Uh, I work with people, usually small business owners, leaders, increase their influence, their impact, and their income, typically using digital ways and making their offline lives match their online lives. Because often they're awesome offline, but they're not always awesome online. So I met happen. I do speaking, training, and coaching uh, for folks who need that. And I've written a couple books myself. Awesome. awesome. Very, very cool. So give us, uh, first of all, where can people get a hold of you and take a step towards you if they want to find out more? Yeah. So the easiest way is just uh, spell my name, philgerbyshak.com. That's P-H-I-L-G-E-R-B-Y-S-H-A-K.com. Or my podcast is conversationswithphil.com, where I talk to tons of smart people twice a week, Mondays, and Thursdays at 7 a.m. Eastern, I drop new episodes, and it's a, a lot of fun. Yeah, a, so you were just recording an episode. We were talking about this before we uh, started recording here. Uh, so give people a preview yep. of what that next episode is. Yeah, so I was talking today to Tamara McCleary. Tamara is a IBM futurist, one of the smartest people that I know, big-time digital influencer. With, she's the CEO of Thulium, T-H-U-L-I-U-M. We're talking about digital transformation and how – you know, life is really changing and how the intersection of marketing and technology is really going to change the world and how it already has in the last 10 years. Very, very cool. Awesome. What we, yeah, so that's, uh, that, so that's how I came, uh, came across you originally. So Conversations with Phil, go check out that podcast and uh, you can get that on iTunes or, or just if you literally, if you just Google that, that'll take you to Phil's website as well, where you can get connected with all the other stuff that he does. And uh, so let's get into a little bit. So you brought up the, the book Winning Without Intimidation by Bob Berg. And so let's dive into that. I'm, I'm curious, like when you, uh, when you came across the book originally, like kind of take me back a little bit and tell me about what your business was like, what you were doing at that point, maybe, because uh, this may have been a while ago, but uh, kind of give me an idea of where you and your business were at when the book kind of originally came into your life. 
Absolutely. So when Winning Without Intimidation first came into my Provence, I was simply taking calls on an IT help desk. I didn't know that I had much influence or much impact at all. And I knew, though, that I needed to talk to people in a better way. And I was always looking for books. So actually, my manager said, hey, you should get a copy of Winning Without Intimidation. And he actually shared his copy with me, and I devoured it over a weekend. It was probably back in, oh, I don't know, 19, no, probably 2002, 2003, something like that. And immediately, I was like, wow, this stuff actually works. It's about positive persuasion, not about manipulation. And I was like, wow. So I would try it, and it certainly worked. So it made me a lot more effective on the phones. People were willing to help me more. Uh, asking people for the 74th time to reboot their computers on an IT help desk isn't always met with the biggest smile. So, yeah, so I kind of learned that stuff. And then I, I took that a step further, and I, I actually wrote Bob a thank you letter uh, for his book because it really did transform me and turn me actually from just someone who was pretty decent on the phones to someone who was really, really good on the phones and who could share that passion and that enthusiasm with other people and got to see even more results through others. So Phil, from someone like myself who do eight, I've done somewhere in the neighborhood of 100,000 cold calls in the last couple of years. What is one of the biggest takeaways that you took and were able to implement into your business instantaneously that could change the reaction from the consumer on the other end of the line? Yeah, well, the biggest thing that, that I got is giving people an out. Ooh. when you're talking to them, when you ask them for a question. So for instance, I might say, hey, Greg, I need you to do this. So in this case, hey, Greg, I, I, I'm curious if you'd be willing to set up a meeting with me. And if you do that, you know, I'd really appreciate it. And if you can't, I'd totally understand. Now, some people might say, well, that's too soft. And why won't you just say, well, you know what? We're going to have a meeting at four o'clock, the presumptive close. Mm -hmm. Well, Bob, actually showed that by giving people an out, now they don't feel pressured. They don't feel like they're in a corner and they're more willing to say yes because now they feel like they're doing you a favor. Hmm. Now they feel like they're helping their friend achieve more. So just giving people an out was one of the best things that I learned from winning without an intimidation. Yeah, it's really powerful. A lot of the times in all sales, you know, what you hear all the time is like, ABC, always be closing, drive, 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 you know, find the objections, handle the objections, yada, yada, yada. But what if the objection is like, look, I just don't want to talk to your ass right now. Okay. You're like, okay, not a problem. I'll call you back later. Okay. Thanks very much. Because that then now you're showing respect back to them, right? Is that kind of what I'm picking up from you? Yeah. Well, and asking them, would it be okay if I gave you a call back? Would yeah. it be all right if we set that up? Because some people don't, maybe they're not the decision maker. Maybe they really do mean no. Sometimes in sales, no does mean no, at least for right now. So by giving them an out and by not being adversarial and instead being an ally with them, now we have an opportunity to work towards that mutual win, which really, I mean, if you really are the solution to their problem, maybe no, not right now means do call me back, but today I'm just, too stressed out to deal with you. That's mm -hmm. totally cool. But if you're a jerk, now they're going to say, no, no, no means never. Get the heck off my off my page, right? Go away. And exactly. now I never want to talk to you again. Exactly. You're going to alienate yeah. them because you're pushing too hard. That's right. Yeah, and that's that's one of the big things that I think that uh, we're me and Greg, we were talking about this on our real estate podcast last week. So like um, a lot of the sales techniques and a lot of the objection handlers and stuff like that that are in real estate and mortgage sales all come from kind of the 70s and 80s. And there is 
because that was before the rise of the internet, there was a lot less transparency and you could get away with a lot more. You could pressure people into, into transactions with you because you knew that they weren't going to come around for another five, six, seven years. And there was a whole, there was a whole culture that sprung up around this. Like, no, it's just onto the next, if they're not ready to do something right now, onto the next deal, like onto the next person, onto the next phone call, they don't mean anything unless they're ready to do something within the next three months. And then it was, okay, now you've identified a need. Now you don't let that person go without the appointment. You don't let that appointment go without getting them as a client with absolutely no regard for whether you're the best person for them, whether you've gone after them in the right way that they want to be persuaded or really anything else. I mean, it's very, it's a very transactional mindset. And, and me and Greg are still, I mean, we fight that every day, right, Greg? I mean, it's, there's so much of that information and that cultural mindset that's ingrained out there in, in our industry where we come from that we have to fight against and get people to try to take more of a, a consulting approach, at least in the sense of like um, persuading people in an ethical way that when you believe that you're the right person for them, that you can get the job done for them, that you're able to put it in such a way that it makes them want to work with you and creates a win-win situation. So that's kind of what I'm taking away from the book so far is it very, very much aligns with what me and Greg try to teach on, on the podcast is take more of a consulting mindset rather than, rather than sales. Is that uh, Greg, does that kind of bear out? Yeah, a hundred percent does Matt. You know, I always talk to people who don't go out there with a commission mindset, go out there with a client mindset, bring value to them first. Once you bring value to them, they're going to be more apt to bring, to bring, do whatever you've been asking of them. But if you're asking them kindly and but giving value before you're receiving value, absolutely 100% and be okay. Be okay with the fact when people tell you no, because when people tell you no, that's not a negative thing. I feel like you were saying it's not no forever. It's just no for right now. And it could be no for two weeks, two months, two years, 20 years. It doesn't matter. But as long as you respect that, they're going to respect you instead of, you know, being push, 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 push. And nobody likes that crap. Nobody, not even me. And I'm saying something. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more, right? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, that's exactly what I teach as well. And I think and one of the reasons why social media really puts the buyer in the driver's seat instead of the seller, which is what ticks off these old thinking salespeople who think that, you know what, the harder I push, the more you're going to transact business. And I can tell you, just like you said, Greg, nobody likes a pushy person. It's not that you're not direct. It's that you're not an a-hole about it. You don't have to force anybody and twist their arm that always be closing. There are books out there that have 500 plus ways to close people. How about just saying, you know what, is now the time, the right time for this to happen? That's all. Yes. You know? And it's okay. Oh my God. Yeah, Greg, Greg, Greg is literally cheering. I, I, I am silently just cheering on the inside, just giving you high fives and, and you know, and back slaps because I was watching this douchebag on this uh, Facebook group and he was like the typical sales guy. Hey, what up, Frank? Hey, Frankie. Hey, man. Okay. So I know you're a busy guy, but uh, so do you want, to, you want me to skip the joke of the, of the day? Or do you want to get to the thing? Because it has, it has to do about a vacuum. Okay. So yeah, it was a funny story, but okay, here we go. I'm like, dude, shut up, man. This guy said four times in the answer, he doesn't want to talk to you. The guy kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing. He was a train wreck. I couldn't stop it. I couldn't walk away. But I felt bad for the other people. Oh, my God. He was selling miniature flashlights. Who cares? But I could get your name, Razor <laughs> engraved on them. Oh, my God. Are you so, so, Phil, I'm curious about this because uh, there, there's a lot of guys that are – and I don't mean they're, they're competitors with you, but there's a lot of people that are very, very successful 
they, they've made their money or they built their business. They built a team in some sort of industry, whether it's mortgage or real estate or recruiting, or maybe they have like a chiropractic office. I mean, there's all kinds of guys out there that have built a really successful business. And now they're looking to get into speaking and training because they're looking for that fulfillment. Right. And that's that's what I mean. A lot of the audience for this podcast is going to end up being those people. They're the ones that are interested in life changing books are the ones that actually read. Right. And uh, so I'm curious, like, how is how does this book inform the way that you go about actually selling yourself and attracting clients to, to hire you for speaking and training? Excellent question. And I would say it absolutely completely forms the way that I do things. It is all about asking for permission. It is all about giving value and it is not about intimidating people to do business. When you're speaking, the goal is to influence and inspire people to mm -hmm. take an action. It's to move them from ins from aspiration to inspiration, from thinking, oh, I might do that, to holy crap, I can do that and I'm going to do it right now. Mm -hmm. So the, the way that this book helps me is I think about how can I phrase whatever it is I'm going to say in such a way that it will actually be received positively by other people? Not negatively. I don't, you know, I don't sell by fear because frankly, scarcity is often BS. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's a Chances great point. are we have, you know, we have so many choices now, so many choices that if we wait just a little bit, we get a better choice sometimes. A lot of times people will lower their costs, right? They might say, this is the lowest price ever. And then don't keep that promise. And days later, reduce their cost. So this yeah. book really is so helpful because this book really helps you win the people conversation instead of fighting a people battle. So for me, it's the only way that I work anymore. And it's been that way for a, for a long time because frankly, it's the only thing that makes sense. We don't want to intimidate people. My gosh, come here, Greg. Pow, buy this crap. Pow, <laughs> come here. Have more pow. And you're like, I just feel like I got beat up. Like, like, a, like a street fight. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. So many times that's, oh, I won that sale. You didn't win that sale. Hopefully you earned that sale by adding more value and showing why your decision is in their best interest. It's not about you. It's all about them. All so if them. that's how, you know, that was the, the big learning from this book, right? Focus on them, yeah. not on you. Not on Finding their pain points, solve those pain points, and then they will reward you by giving you the sale. It's very simple. That's you right. Know, everything, yep. the, a lot of the times in the past, what, what would take place before the internet and everything else really started taking off, everything was behind a paid wall, like you were talking about before, Matt. And you, they could intimidate you to do certain things because that's all that you knew. Now the internet is out there and everybody's seeing everything about everybody. And it, it's not like that anymore. That's like what, what you and I are creating on the side, Matt, with Aaron, is that uh, that the opportunity to provide value on every level to to a higher degree and not push people into it, but pull them in with value add on every single level. But most salespeople don't believe in that. Yeah, and, and we haven't even gotten to the point where it is easy and seamless for people to leave positive and negative reviews for anybody or any business. You know, there's there's businesses that make it easy for that for people to leave positive reviews, but for the most part, it's still. It's still this weird conglomeration of Yelp and Google reviews and stuff like that. But whenever that gets consolidated to where it's easy and seamless and frictionless for people to really tell you what they think of you and everybody else can find it. And that day is 
inevitable and coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of this stuff, a lot of the intimidation tactics, whatever you want to call them, the hard sale or the transactional sales mentality to selling business relationships will have to go away because it will be too easy for people to find out what other people thought of you after yeah. the sale went down. You know, and then you don't want that. So you have to provide value at every stage. And it's really just that transparency is forcing people to do what they should have been doing all along, which is doing business with people the way that they want to be done. Um, Yeah. So that's uh, so I'm curious that we talked about you mentioned like the the scarcity. And uh, I'm curious if you found an answer to this in, in your own business, because you're a solo practitioner, is there a certain amount of scarcity and authentic urgency that you can convey to people when they're thinking about hiring you, whether it's to speak or to train or, or things like that. Cause I think there's a lot of people that learn from internet marketing gurus and they can get in it at a very shallow level or they can get it in a very deep level, but no matter how much you're into it, you will very quickly encounter that approach of like creating this artificial scarcity, uh, which is it's totally inauthentic. It's borderline lying. And there, and there, there's good people out there that are calling out the gurus on this and kind of, making this really obvious that it's the wrong way it's the wrong approach but i'm curious phil is there is there something that you found that's worked for you in order to not just seem like hey i'm here whenever you need me and whenever you feel like hiring me and getting around to it you can hire me and i'll always be available like is there anything that you found for you so one of the biggest things that i found is i'm very transparent about my calendar i send people a link to my calendar you want to book an appointment with me you want a 15 a 30 or an hour that's all you get, you know, unless we work something out special. So 15, 30 or an hour, you get a calendar that gives you those times. And I can tell you, I genuinely am busy. I genuinely do have other things. It's not just serving clients. You know, I need to take care of myself. I need to eat. I need to, you know, work out probably a lot more than I do, right? I need, <laughs> there are certain things. I, I have time for learning. And all those things are, are built on the calendar. This isn't false scarcity. This is realistically just like any other business, whether you work just for yourself or otherwise, you have to take those times to prep. Mm -hmm. It's not all about just delivery. So by being transparent with my calendar, I share a link to that. Matt, you got a, you got my calendar, right? You saw Phil is not available 24, seven, 365. This is the time window that he has. Now, certainly if someone asks nicely and, wants to schedule something outside of those windows. Absolutely. If I can make it work, I absolutely will. But again, then I want to win to use Bob's book, right? Without intimidating anyone. I want them to know I really am busy. It's not like I'm dying for your business. Mm -hmm. Now I might be dying to work with you because I love the business you're in. And I know that I can make a measurable difference for you, but it doesn't mean that it, that I just have all this time in the world you can just call me whenever the heck you want. I'm always going to answer the phone. You know, I genuinely don't always answer the phone. Well, you'll get because run over. you know what? You know, yeah. you, the, the clients yeah. will take advantage of you because if you allow them to think that they can have, you know, unfettered access, guess what? They will. And I'm, I'm going to have to start putting up a little bit of a wall around me as well when it comes to our other podcasts because I put myself out there to almost almost at that level. And I'm getting people to call me at random times and take up an hour and 15 minutes of my time. 
you know, and it's just one of those things that just can't happen anymore. So like what you're doing, I'm going to have to be very open with my schedule even more than I am in protecting it. And that's what a, what a lot of salespeople need to understand is that you protect your, your, your time because if you don't have time with your family, if you have kids, great, if you, your personal time, workout time, you know, just downtime, whatever else, because if you go, 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 you will burn out. Once you burn out, it'll take a long recovery time. And I think what you're doing, Phil, is phenomenal. You're like, hey, this is my time slot. Take it or leave it. And this is what it is. People will respect that. Yeah. Well, and the more, remember, the more transparent you are, the more transparent you seem. Yeah. So what do I mean by that? I share my calendar. Again, this is, at first, it wasn't strategic at all. It was just, this is easier than going back and forth 54 times. But now <laughs> I realize, right? Because I, I hate that. Like, what are you available? I'm free at Friday at nine. Okay, and then three hours you get back to me. Crap, I got time. I got a book. No, 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 no. Forget it. Here's a link to my calendar. When you get a chance, take a look. But really, though, it is about thinking about my week. So Sunday night, take a look at the calendar. What, what's important to me? What am I really working on? What time do I need to recover? What time do I need to eat? What time do I need to spend some time with my girlfriend? What time to rest is often business time. And that's cool. You know, but just be honest about it. And then... If there is a real emergency, this is the other thing. Don't be such a hard ass that if there is a real emergency that you're unwilling to bend, Yeah. right? Because sometimes things happen, right? I, when Matt and I were trying to connect, I had a client that ran 20 minutes long. And as soon as I realized we're running long, boom, Matt, I'm really sorry. I'm running late. I need a little more time, man. I'm really sorry. Be genuine though, right? Don't, don't be a douche lord and do that all the time. <laughs> But be honest, right? Hey, man, I'm working with a client. I'm not even quite sure what the first meeting's about. I know this isn't a great first impression, and this will all run through my mind. I'd really appreciate pushing back. Most people, no problem, dude. We can do that for you. It's okay. Now, sometimes the answer is no. You have to be willing to accept that there's a no. But again, that transparency just breeds the appearance of more transparency. So when you do ask for the help, right, to use, to use Bob's words, right, if you could help me, I'd really appreciate it. And if you can't, I totally understand. That's totally cool. That's not manipulative. That's honest. I would yeah. appreciate it. And I do get it if you can't. No, I'm yeah, there was a great, uh, in, in David Maester's Managing the Professional Service Firm, he talks about, uh, it's his own, his own personal commitment to investing in article writing because that was what grew his consulting business, right? And he said, so I've got a day set aside out of every month that is my article writing day. Says so if a client would contact me and want to book something for with me on that day, I would politely decline and say, I'm sorry, that day is booked. Can I offer you this day or this day? And I said, anybody can say that. Anybody can set that time aside. So, but what separates the people that continue to make those investments in themselves is the people that will honor that and continue to say, no, I'm sorry, that's booked. Even though it's booked with nothing but a commitment to themselves to get something done. And that's where a lot of us will fall is we'll make a commitment to get something, whether it's an investment in our, in our business or an investment in our health, investment in our relationships, whatever the case is. We'll schedule it in our calendar. But as soon as a client wants to do something, well, then that gets thrown out the window. And then it doesn't also get simultaneously rebooked on our calendar. So then we end up letting that investment go, whatever that is. And he made the point that he says, look, this is my future. Like this is the, the intellectual asset that I build up by writing these articles is the lifeblood of my future business. So even if I take an urgent appointment with a client, that doesn't release me from my obligation to still get that stuff done. Like he says, I have to turn around. And if I schedule something during that day, I have to schedule another time 
that corresponds with that lost time for some other time when I can get those articles done because I still have to make the investment. Uh, and it used to be, uh, you know, when I was uh, before I owned my own company, I, I was a little reticent to just come out and say, hey, that that's uh, that day is booked. You know, if I didn't have something planned for that time session or if I had something planned that was just for me or project work, I would still I would just immediately if somebody wanted to meet at that time, I would give up that and I would agree to a meeting at that time. And that really just hearing somebody else say that, that, hey, it's OK to tell someone it's booked mm -hmm. and just be transparent. Hey, this is a project day. Like I have I have like there's an investment I need to make and I have a lot of articles that need to be done. So I'm sorry that time's unavailable, but I have these other two times. And just hearing somebody else that was at such a high level admit to doing that and, and having that approach set me completely free. You know, and so now I'm able to like yeah, structure my that, days yeah. differently because of that, you know? You know, yeah. I just, just remember though, you don't have to tell them why. I, right? I agree. You don't, I agree. Have to, you don't have to tell them why. That's important to remember because what telling them why does is gives them permission to then come back to you and say, you mean to tell me that I'm not more important than X? And <laughs> right, then that true. puts you behind the eight ball. So just remember, right? I have another appointment. Yeah. And here are other times is a complete sentence. You know, I've, a yeah, lot of times that's in real, okay. a lot of times in real estate, people can't wrap their heads around that. They think that, oh my God, I'm in real estate or whatever other business. My client needs me. I have to be jerked around like a dog on a chain. But like, like, like you were talking about, Matt, like you were talking about, once I made that decision to not do that anymore and just say, you know what, I'm actually booked right then, but I can do it at blank time. They'll be like, oh, okay, I'll rearrange my schedule. Fantastic. I look forward to seeing you. Like you said, I don't give them, I don't tell them what I'm doing. I just tell them I can't make, meet with them anymore. It's blocked off. It's amazing how that mindset shifts as soon as you allow it to shift and stop being like like you talked about in the scarcity mindset because there is no more scarcity. I mean, information, money, knowledge, access, it's all there. You just got to be able to protect yours because you are the ultimate vessel in your business. If you wear it out and don't protect it on all different levels of your of your life, you're never going to go the long distance. Uh, but people only think about the here and now and, and the, the today's tasks, which is, it's important, but longevity is more important. Yeah, exactly. It is. Yeah. And uh, all right. So, Phil, I've got a couple more questions for you before we wrap it up. Sure. Um, one, one I prepped you for this one. I didn't. Uh, so I want to throw a little bit of a curveball <laughs> at you. So I, I want to know how how you take um, kind of a, a structuring a win win deal. How does that inform the way that you go about booking your speaking engagements and preparing for them? And maybe even the process of working out what your proposal is to a potential client. Like, how, um, just take me through that process a little bit and, and, and explain how you try to book your speaking arrangements and, and your engagements in such a way that it creates a win-win with your clients. Yeah, good question. Mm -hmm. So first, unless it's a win for both of us, I probably am not even going to approach that. And I actually, I don't like proposals. Mm. I'll be the first one to tell you, speaking proposals are really difficult. What I'd rather have is a speaking conversation. What do you, how does this happen? What are you looking for? Am I, you know, am I a great fit? And then it's all comes down to negotiation, right? Sometimes the budget is wrong. Sometimes the timing is wrong. I got, you know, I have someone who wants me to come in in the middle of October when I already have an engagement. I can't do that. So regardless of what they offered me, I couldn't do it. But what I can find out is, well, it looks like, you know, this could, if it is a win-win, this is a win-win for our organization. Maybe this date doesn't work, but let's try another date. And when I'm thinking about, you know, the people that I want to work with, the key is to focus on those that I know that I can have the greatest impact on their life, mm -hmm. the greatest impact on what they do and what their business is. So for me, seldom do I focus on 
the business to consumer market, the smaller, you know, we're selling widgets. Yeah. You know, I don't speak at those conferences. Um, and frankly, I'm not a great marketing guy, like straight up marketing. I'm going to tell you about the five P's and here's how we go. <laughs> I'm a great sixth P, the person guy. I'm going to focus on the people. So if your need, someone's need is for someone who's going to help you Forget about the other five P's, but get refocused on the people. Hmm. If that's your win, that's my win. That's my sweet spot. So I refer away a ton of business. Awesome. You know, I could, I'm sure I could be way busier, but my sweet spot is you give a crap about people and people matter to you. And sometimes it's shifting the mindset of how you approach people. So that might be my program, Leadership Gone Social, or it might be a little more tactical, in which case, you know, I might be talking about how to use LinkedIn to make more sales by connecting to the right people. So it really depends, but I'm going to do a really strong job upfront of understanding what are your real goals? Is it just filling a slot? Mm -hmm. I'm not really a great slot speaker. I'm that speaker that's going to come in. I'm going to make you laugh. I'm going to make you think, and then I'm going to make you change because often, right? The people side is the hardest part of the business. And for me, I love people. People run my life. If it weren't for people, I won't be able to do anything. So if you're going to focus on people, this is your guy because I'm going to do that. And if you're going to focus on, well, how do we get more leads? Yeah, I'm going to talk to Scott Olford, right? That's his deal. He's great at that. Mm, yeah. I'm How to close. Well, go talk to Grant Cardone. That's cool. Grant's <laughs> a great closer. But if you're going to talk about how do we build that real relationship between a time after they're aware of us and before they get closed, I'm your guy. So if that's what you want, I know that I can fill that need. And then we talk about it. What does is, what is success look like? Why is it important to you? Can we measure that? What else do you need? Can I do a that's video a great, for you? Can I write an question. article for you? Yeah. How does it happen? Right? And if we can come up with those, and some, I, sometimes I don't get that. Sometimes it's just like, we love Phil. We want Phil to come in. And that's cool. But we don't get as great a results as we would if we if they had thought about it and really been clear about what does success look like? Why me versus why anyone else? And and because I'm going to tell you why me. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to help your people. I'm going to give your people power. I'm going to help your people be more influential, create more impact, and ultimately drive their income. That's what I'm going to help you do. Any of that other stuff, you know, I'm I'm not that guy. Yeah, so that's how I developed the win-win. Gotcha, I love gotcha. the fact that you like people. You know, so many people just don't do that. You know, they focus on, they, they aren't little slot fillers. They'll do anywhere. They can hoard themselves out, get them, you know, hey, buy my widget, blah, blah, blah. But you're like, look, I'm not your fit, man. Like you said, if you want a closer, call Grant. If you want so-and-so, call so-and-so. But I'm not your guy. But then once you do show up and you are authentic, authentic, I don't think that's a word. Authentic? Wow. <laughs> authentic. <laughs> Mixing so many words together there. Um, oh, yeah. Authentic to yourself, then you're going to come true and you're going to be, people are going to resonate with you on a higher level because they can see the, the genuine you and they're going to say, okay, that guy or that gal, that is what they truly have a passion for. Now I take more value in what they're saying, not just like, oh, by the way, my boost at the back, don't forget your credit card. You know, that, that, God, I hate that more than anything. Matt and I were at a conference a couple months ago and that was what was taking place right and left. They should have been NASCAR drivers. I mean, they should have been wearing jackets with all their sponsors written all over them. It was rough and you could tell they weren't authentic. Well, that's what happens though. You know, I, I'll tell you though, Greg, that's a great point. And the reason that happens is because the meeting planners don't value the value of professional speakers and they bring in freebies 
because they want to reduce the cost of their event. Mm -hmm. So they get people up on the platform that are trying to sell crap in the back of the room instead of trying to give value in the front of the room. Exactly. That's what happens. Yeah. So 100 value true. your I'll value your audience enough that you pay for speakers that are willing to not sell from the back of the room in a pushy way. It's okay. Come buy my book, buy my product. That's totally cool. But if I spend 15 minutes of my 45 minutes on stage telling you about, ooh, I've got a secret I couldn't share with you, but if only you'll depart with a thousand bucks in the back of the room, right? You're, I'm, you're okay. laughing, but you should be puking. Because oh. it happens all the time. Yeah, it does. It drives me insane. Like, I, stop it. I was at a Value major your audience. I was at a major <laughs> so event true. a couple of years ago, and I'm not going to say who the individual was, but this individual had 3,500 to 4,000 people in the crowd. This individual got so bad at pushing his products to the point where I literally got up and got an earlier flight home because this he would not stop talking about his products. And it was like 45 minutes straight. I'm like, I got to go, man. You 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 killed it for me. I haven't gone back to his event since. You know, and yeah. that's, that's what people yeah. are used to. So you take that away and you give them nothing but value. And if you, if you resonate with them, then they'll come back to you. End of story. It's easy math. It's easy math. And they're going to be the right yeah, for your product. Yeah. All right, Phil. So one, one last question for you and then we'll wrap it up. So uh, is there anything that you ask yourself, like a key question that helps you think creatively or think of new ideas to implement in your business? And I, one of the examples that I use uh, that's a good, a good example is um, so if I had unlimited leads or if I had unlimited money, what would need to change about my business or how would I handle that? Like how would I handle a thousand new customers today or how would I handle a thousand new leads today? So is there any question like that that really gets your, your juices flowing and helps you come up with good ideas? Yeah. So I, I think about if I were to partner with somebody, what would they do? So if I'm going to partner with Bob Berg on a leadership package, if I'm going to partner with Sally Hogshead on a, on a marketing package, if I'm going to partner with Scott Oldford on a lead generation package, what would that look like? What would they do? What would their role be? And what would my role be? How would we roll that out? What pieces would that consist of? And I'm going to look through their stuff and I'm going to think about that. I might pick up one of their books. I'm, I might think, Hmm. So if I want to do some screen to screen selling, what would Doug DeVitri do, right? If I'm going to do that remote thing, or what would Roger Corville do if I was going to do some webinars? And I think about those folks and how I might partner with them. And then whether or not I end up partnering with them or not, what happens is I, th I usually can do more than I think. Mm -hmm. I usually am able to achieve more than I realize. So when I do that and I think, well, I'm not good at that. And then I end up talking myself right into, oh, yeah. You know what? I'm not great at that, but there's something else I can do. There's another way I can make that work. Cause what if Roger's busy? What if Doug is busy? So I try to think about that. You know, what would, what would I do if I was going to partner with someone? Because frankly, collaboration is the most fun that I get to have, you know, doing yeah, stuff yeah. like this guys, I love to do this because yeah. frankly, we're smarter together. We each, oh, yeah. right? we each ripped off each other. And now we got seven or eight ideas instead of one for me and one for you and one for you. Mm -hmm. So that's really the key. So whenever I can think collaboratively about some people that I might partner with, I'm able to be a lot more successful and a lot really change my thinking and think differently. You know, for instance, uh, you know, sometimes it's fun to think like, what would Gary Vaynerchuk do with this? Yeah. Cause Gary's got so much freaking energy, right? So how, if I were to, to partner with Gary on this. What would Gary do? How would Gary partner with Phil on this? And then that helps me think, okay, well, maybe I need to give it some more energy. 
maybe I need to think about this more creatively. Maybe, you know, maybe one way to create content is perhaps I just need to plug in my microphone and just record myself rambling for a couple of hours <laughs> and pull out five or six nuggets, you know, because yeah. Gary's got folks that follow him around all day, mm-hmm. just producing killer content. Well, heck, I can do that. So now I'm thinking about that and now it's like, oh, yeah, yeah okay, that's totally possible, totally mm-hmm. doable, absolutely. Instead of, oh, geez, I can't come up with any more ideas. Bull crap. Find somebody smarter. Pick their brain by not even talking to them, but by looking at their feed. See what they do. Most of the best people now are out there. You can follow people mm-hmm. on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. What the heck do you want? Read their articles. Buy their book. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Check them out. You know, learn from them. It's the best way. And think about, you know, what would I do if I was going to partner with them? You know, my uh, my father had a great question that in a state of mind he always has reminded me to do. And he says, Greg, constantly stay in a state of curiosity no matter how successful you become in life. You know, because if I'm sitting here, uh, I you know, feel, feel you and I just met, but I'm like, dude, what else can homeboy bring me? He's super intelligent. He's got like brains coming out of his freaking ears. Dude, I want to sit down with you. I want to pick your brain. I want to find out some cool shit because then I can take it and bring it to my people. Maybe something I said, Matt, you can bring to your people. Like I said, collaboration is huge. huge. That's why Matt and I do so well together. He has strengths. I don't. I have strengths. He doesn't. And we just mesh well and we get to, I introduce him to people. He introduces me to people. Like, and it's just a fun way to go. And besides everybody, everybody benefits. And a lot of the times major speakers, trainers, authors, everything else, there's all about me, 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 not about us, we, team, overall, you know, industry and everything else, because it's changing since the internet came out and all this free information is out. There's no longer, you can, there's no way you can hide anymore. Can't keep that hidden anymore. But yeah, yeah, and and that is a big issue in the speaking training community. Uh, It is very, I hate to say it, but it it is very egocentric with a lot of everybody, you know, um, looking to build their own kind of platform, their own this, their own that. There's not, there there are some joint ventures, there are some cool things, but they probably could be doing a lot more. And co-marketing seems to be the future of things because it's just the, the cost of client acquisition just keeps going up and up and up and up. But um yeah, it'll, it'll be nice to see as people get more ingrained with that co-marketing philosophy and start paying more attention to, to joint ventures and opportunities for co-marketing and cooperation and things like that because uh, it's very quickly becoming to the point where it's not an option. It's it's a necessity. A requirement. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we'll have to wrap this up. Unfortunately, we could talk a lot more, a lot longer with yeah. Phil about all this stuff, but I want to mention the book quickly. Uh, so Winning Without Intimidation by Bob Berg sounds like a great, great book. And uh, I need to go back and basically read everything that Bob's ever written, which <laughs> Phil has done. Yeah. <laughs> so, Phil, you were showing yes, us a book from like 1992. Yeah, let me find that book. So I've got two to share here. Uh, first, it's one of Bob's more recent books, Go Givers, Sell More. Fantastic book. Love this book. But then, Bob, sorry, buddy, if you're watching here. I've got the memory system from 1992. <laughs> Love this book. Everything that Bob's ever written, he sent me a he sent me back a postcard a long time ago. I've never lost it. I admire Bob. He lives what he teaches, which is why he is so impactful. Um, Berg.com is his website. If you want to learn how to sell without intimidation and actually add value always, not just first, but always, mm. go to Berg.com, B-U-R-G. Buy everything Bob has ever written and read every one of his articles. And then I, I'm going to embarrass you a little bit, Bob. You got to check out the video that he did 
with Extreme Business Makeovers when he presented Zig Ziglar with the Lifetime Achievement Award. I've seen that video myself 150 times. These guys are now going to be watching uh -huh. it on repeat as well. <laughs> it is so impactful because Zig Ziglar is kind of the granddaddy of sales and motivation and goal setting. And I would say Bob is a direct descendant from Zig. He is inspirational. Mm -hmm. And Bob doing Zig blows my mind, makes me smile just thinking about it. Bob <laughs> Berg is the man. I don't think there's a heavy enough awesome. endorsement. I, I'm not sure if you like him or not. Yeah, I know. I you're, you're a little, uh, little, little, little passive. That's all right. We'll get you there. <laughs> I'll work out, I'll, and I'll come out of my shell hopefully next episode. Exactly. Oh, thank God. Exactly. All right. So, <laughs> yeah. so Phil, remind people how they can take a, a step towards you, learn more about you, and listen to your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So real easy. Conversationswithphil.com is my podcast. You get there. Or find me on Twitter. Go to Phil Gerb, P-H-I-L-G-E-R-B. That way you don't have to spell my whole name. I'm Phil Gerb on pretty much every social channel that you want to be on. And if you're on one that I'm not on, feel free to invite me. Just send me an email, phil at philgerbishack.com. I'd love to connect with you. If I can add value to your life in any way, let me know. I'm here for you. Yeah, very, very cool. All right, well, we will wrap up this latest episode of Pursuing Results. Thank you so much. If you're watching live on Facebook, we really appreciate it. If you're listening to this after the fact, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher, depending on your device, however you want that. You can follow me all around uh, at Pursuing Results, pretty much that way on any platform. And then, Greg, if they want to take a step towards you, obviously. They all right, I don't, we're going to see where the Matthew went. Got, he probably just got stage fright and went away. Um, but, <laughs> you guys, if you want to find me, go and just go find Greg McDaniel uh, on um, Facebook. Go follow me there, guys. I go do a lot of Facebook Lives uh, or on, sm uh, on uh, Smile Time, on uh, Snapchat, uh, REU444. You know what? You guys can find us there. And then, uh, Phil, I think what we're going to, you and I are going to do is that we are just going to both cancel out of this thing and we'll rock and roll. We will reconnect another time, my friend. <laughs>